Hey folks, husband host Travis here. Uh, wanted to do a quick disclaimer at the top. Uh, this episode is about uh, basically sex in the Victorian era. Uh, there's a lot of adult themes in here, so it may not be appropriate to listen to this with kids around. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the episode. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm all right. Doing fine. Doing okay. Uh, A-okay. I'm really excited to talk about this week's episode, but you know what else I'm really excited about to what? talk about this week's episode? What? We have a special guest. It's me, the Dowager Countess. I'm here to help you talk about all of these inappropriate things. Oh, my. Um, the Dowager Countess, I believe, was from the Regency period, and we are talking strictly Victorian. I could still have opinions. But I'm going to introduce you to a new character later. Oh, is he a young bachelor that could marry my granddaughter, Cecilia? No, he's not. Okay. It's an older lady quite like yourself. <gasps> but competition? Yes. Oh! I'm going to take a break then. Goodbye. (laughs) Door slam. Okay, well, she's gone. Okay. So. (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah, she's so judgy. (laughs) She's so judgy. She's all been in everybody's business. But can I tell you? Kind of funny in that way, where it's just like I'd watch a show about her. Oh, would you? But I don't want her in the booth. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you get me. You get Mm -hmm. me. So we're talking about, I think, so Alex Mm -hmm. summarized the title like, Victorian sexuality or something? Is that a good summary of it? I mean, it is. Um, More like the tools Victorians use to suppress themselves. Oh, boy. Now, here's, okay, this is something I know, right? Because uh, there's a wonderful, I think we've referenced it before, but uh, uh, Audible podcast. Yes. um, With Stephen Fry Mm -hmm. called Victorian Secrets. And it's a really, really like audioscaped, combination of like historical and then he'll like act out scenes where he's himself but like interviewing people from the victorian era or whatever Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. very very interesting but they do a whole episode about uh like victorians and sexuality and like you know sensuality and sex and basically the idea is we think of them as very repressed and in some ways they were publicly but it wasn't like the Puritans because there was a very like thriving just below the surface underground of like, and this is where we go to look at ladies naked. And this is where you can buy pornography. And this is where this right. thing is. It, there was a facade that one was expected to to put on. Right. Is the thing. But it wasn't like folks weren't doing it. Of course not. And and the more that we find out about Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, the more that we find out the the worst person to talk about um repressing your sexuality is to talk about Victoria. Oh? I mean, what? she's kind of she is kind of just an enigma in that way where like 
this whole society is about, like, being very prim and proper and, you know, as we're going to talk about, like, how in all the ways that you can refute uh, sexual advances. And then Queen Victoria had a whole gaggle of kids, so she obviously knew what she was doing. And Well, but it, that, that's that facade thing they were talking about, right? Because then you'd always say, like, well, she's married, right? Like right, this idea. Right, but, but like, even even married women were discouraged Really? From it. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it, but, like... You know, we read about, we read in her diaries and we, you know, go through her personal effects and they're like, there's like a naked statue of <laughs> of Albert that she loved to just like stare at and draw. And like, okay. she was obviously she stands her husband. I don't think very attracted to and very much enjoyed her married life. And her marital bed. And her marital bed. Good yeah. for her. So it's, it's very It's all about weird. facade, though, isn't yeah, it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Because everything, it. it's so interesting because everything about the Victorian era appears to be like, if anyone glances at me, I want them to think I am the most outstanding person. But I also want to be fun. Like, I don't want people <laughs> to not like being around me. Well, maybe you do. Okay, so... The general consensus for this time period is that intimate relations were something to be avoided at all costs mm. and were and people found very bizarre and creative ways to get around doing um <laughs> Alex says Why are you giggling? Go on. <laughs> the horizontal mambo. <laughs> oh, Alex. <laughs> the beast with two backs as I believe Shakespeare referred I, I to it. I believe that is what Shakespeare says. So, here's the thing, right? We, we talk a lot about the media at this time sure, because yeah. um, there were a lot of, like, up-and-coming businesses. They wanted to sell things. They wanted to make things. Lots of um, inventors and everybody trying to make a buck and all kinds of stuff, right? Well, and this is, like, the thriving of, like, the newspaper era. And not just newspaper, but, like, magazines and periodicals and everything where there's, like, stories published in them. And then there's, like, uh, we start to get... Uh, you know, people writing in and advertisements, as you said, everything really starts to kick off because of the Industrial Revolution, where it's just like, head down to the shop. Don't be the last person to get one. Yes. We're selling things en masse. Right. Um, so one of the ways that were advertised in order to um, calm your desires, hey. uh, hey. because it was truly believed that if you avoided anything that might excite your senses uh -huh. or warm your nether regions with tantalizing spices, oh boy, you could. Hey, I hated everything about that. Not the way you said it, <laughs> mind you, but just about every word you said in there. I think there's something about nether regions that makes yeah. you think about hell. <laughs> but you could combat your sexual desires now, by sticking to bland foods. Uh, I just want to say. I don't, now that I've said that, nether regions made me think about H-E double hockey sinks. It's probably not an accident. Probably uh, that not. That's the word choice. But that was, was the Battle Creek Sanatorium during this time? It, it was, yes. The Seventh-day Adventist Church yeah. uh, was um, inspired by this theory. Right. Um, and so it is, It that was a little bit after this. Right. But, like, it's part of the same movement, right? So John yeah, Kellogg. Yeah, the same movement, it, yes. I mean, this is a great story, or, I mean, interesting, I guess, but Kellogg's, uh, you know, Corn Flakes comes from 
don't have sex. Um, and it was the non-sugared be- version. Yeah, his was- brother put sugar on it because he wanted to actually sell it. Right, correct. Um, <laughs> but it was supposed to be this super bland food that was so bland you couldn't possibly be aroused afterwards. Exactly. And this is uh, not to cross streams with a different podcast that I executive produced, but this was a thing with the immortal baby. Right, that we talked about on uh, uh, Chasing Immortality on our first episode, uh, Schaefer and the Immortal Baby, is that this idea of if you could keep a kid from, like, hot sauce and stuff, then, like, they would live forever. Basically, uh, the, the Immortal Baby theory was if you didn't teach a kid that death was an inevitability, they wouldn't die, right? You could say, like, yeah, death's a thing, but whatever. You can avoid it like you would avoid a cold by washing your hands or whatever. Um, also, also, for some reason, no prunes for the immortal baby. I don't know. Hmm. Um, so to be avoided are things like chocolate and oh wine oh. and mustard. Too spicy. Too spicy. Oh, my God. Too spicy. <laughs> uh. But um, but things that were like plain like corn and porridge and bread and things. Bran. Bran. Yeah. That was another thing all about being regular. Mm. It was a big thing, at least in the uh, Battle at Creek at thing. The sanatorium. Yeah, it's all about being a lot of enemas was their whole deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, another way that people believed you could um, stop up your desires was just never talking about it. We don't speak oh of it. God. It's unspeakable. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like what we we've talked about as far as like. Um, flatulence goes right so if please you, go on remember yeah. we talked about farts sure and if it happens you just don't say anything True. you don't acknowledge it therefore it doesn't exist well this is why it's interesting to see that this kind of environment then gives rise to people like sigmund freud right where mm-hmm. it's just like oh no one's talking about it huh i'm gonna make a whole career out of making people talk about it because the interesting thing is psychologically all of this stuff is, uh, I mean, probably goes without saying, but bunk, hokum, uh, because the less you talk about it and the less you address it and the more you repress that kind of thing, then the, it's like a buildup, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like having open, honest conversations and like understanding yourself and, you know, being able to like express in healthy ways and in consensual ways and stuff. Instead, it just builds up and builds up and builds up and becomes this repressed society right. where, that gives way to bad things. So in 1916, there is a sex education manual putting it in a, in a very succinct manner. She should know the scientific names of her organs, not because there are many as many vulgar names as in the case of boys, because dignified names help attitude. Ovaries, uterus, vagina, fallopian tubes, and vulva should be sufficient. Detailed description of the external organs might arouse curiosity that leads to exploration and irritation. Oh, I see. Oh, let's not make it fun. Yeah. Let's keep it scientific, ladies. Not just scientific, but incomplete, right? Uh-huh. Um, oh, only worry about the internal stuff. Mostly the internal stuff, because that's the baby-making stuff. Yeah, the outside stuff is where a lot of the fun happens. Right. And so let's not... And it's important to point out that at this time, homosexuality was illegal. Sure. Okay, yeah. in, a, in a lot of, of countries, not just in Britain. Um, but lesbianism, specifically had far less legal documentation because, one, lawmakers at the time didn't understand how women could make love to each other. 
Sure. And when they did find out that it was possible, they didn't want any record of it on the books because Uh they were worried that reading about it might cause women to try it out and then society would be in disarray because women would no longer want to marry men. Yeah, it's not like now when lawmakers have a full understanding of Mm -hmm. like people with uteruses and stuff. Um, But this is also the time where people thought like hysteria was like the your uterus moving around your body, right? Um, or is that earlier or later? That's a lot earlier. Oh, okay. Hysteria was a was generalized term at this point to mean an uppity woman. Oh, sure. Okay. Not like now. Not like now. now. But was this the time where it's like you can't have table legs that are too shapely because it might arouse a man? Was uh, that this time? Right. This is this is where the next term comes in. Shame. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go on. Shame. Sorry, I just flashed back to being raised in Southern Baptist Church. Go on. Uh, so ignorance and shame were considered desirable traits in unmarried women, especially. So you were supposed to react reluctantly and uncomfortably to the idea of sex. And this was a sort of like one of her, her many accomplishments, right? Wow. Um, so, so wait, sorry, just to be clear, let's put a, let's put a lantern on it. A desirable trait. Yes. And a potential bride is like, I like how ashamed she is of herself and me and everything we do. Yes. Uh, Great. And now I'm going to sneak off or maybe not even sneak off. Just tell my wife I'm going to a brothel now because I'm a man and I can do whatever I want. Right. Just about that time. Okay. Great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Or was that more Regency? Uh, I mean, uh, some of this, some of that. It probably never went away, really. Um, So in that vein, there were also problems with male sexuality, even heterosexually. Okay. So um, they they obviously didn't want women to discover self-pleasure, but they really, really, really didn't want men to do it. Wait, hold on. Hey, uh, just uh, here's a hint. You don't have to teach guys that. <laughs> That's not like a one day a, a young man's like, wait, I can do what? It just happens. I don't know what to tell you. Well, and if it is discovered that that is something that you just simply cannot help, you'll be diagnosed with spermatorrhea. Sorry. What now? Uh, it's a condition. Oh, like diarrhea, but for sperm. Where a person with a penis suffers uh-huh. from excessive involuntary seminal discharge. Oh, I see. Well, I, I guess you, the word that I'm confused there by is, is involuntary. Do you know what that is? It's a wet dream. Oh. Okay. But that's... Okay. Okay. Shame. Shame. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, like you said, it is quite involuntary. Um, and a very natural and part of, part of puberty for anyone who who has a penis, mm-hmm. um, and it's not a disorder. So it just happens when excessive semen is stored in the seminal vesicles, and if there's a lack of sexual activity, you ejaculate involuntarily. It's completely normal. It's uh, it's almost like it's a symptom of repression and not mm-hmm. a symptom of something else. Yeah. So in the Victorian era. There is a contraption to fix everything. Oh, boy, isn't there, though? And you know what? I would love to talk about it. But first, how about a word from some other Max Fun shows? (laughs) 
Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiway. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum. Film. New episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yes, I'm sensing that. The spirits are telling me it is a show about Well, it's about like fringe science and spirituality and claims of the paranormal. Oh, you knew that. You do research online. But more importantly, like we do in-person investigations. In-person investigate as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend, Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono Ross and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. You know, I can't help but be struck by the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have listened to the waybacks of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. That I bet that there were people during this time... Right. A lot a lot of people were like, I hate this. But I bet there were people people who perhaps might have shopped at somewhere like extremerestraints.com now who are like, I kinda love this. This is all great. <laughs> okay, go on. Anyway, so like I was saying, there is it's like saying there's an app for that. There yeah. there was a, a We got were, cages, we got belts, we got wraps, we got insert things, we've got uh, electrical things. Well, not not quite electrical at this point, but that does um, come. There's I want stuff you to, that shocks. Mm. Um, so there were things like uh, corsets and penis slings. Um, <laughs> you know, to throw penises at giants in the Bible. No, just basically to keep you from messing with it. But the the most <laughs> to apparent... keep you from messing with it. Hey, yeah, stop it. Yeah, leave it alone. Uh, the most terrifying <laughs> of these things was called the jugum penis. Sorry, what? It was a device worn. No, at say the name again. Jugum. Jugum penis. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was a device worn at night. It looked a little bit like a bear trap. It would be put around the penis with a ring of spiky metal teeth. What? That would dig into any spontaneous erection. Oh, no. Why would I put a sarlacc on my penis? I hate that. <laughs> the idea was that it would wake you up enough so that you could go splash water on your face or think about baseball or whatever it is you have to do to get rid of it. Probably urinate, but that's Okay. Um, because sometimes so, an erection can occur from just pressure on the prostate, and that can happen from a full bladder. It has nothing to do with sex whatsoever. And speaking of going to the bathroom, uh huh, it was highly encouraged that when sexual attention, what if you just occurred, rolled over too quickly and the juggum penis was like, "Is this it?" <laughs> well, it probably wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't move, right? No, it, it didn't wasn't like move. what I'm picturing, like something from All Real Monsters, right? No, okay, great. No. So, what were you saying about going to the bathroom? <clears throat> it's terrible. I hate it is this. terrible. There, 
there's nothing wrong with those sorts of things. Not the machines, but... Yeah, there's clearly something wrong with that. <laughs> there's something wrong with that, but wet dreams are normal. It's fine, but was something that they were they were very upset about. I do want to circle back to um, what is she countess the dowager countess the dowager countess you should I get her back in here? No, no, okay. No. I have a new character I need to introduce to you. okay. She was kind of the sexual repression mascot the dowager countess oh no, no. who <clears throat> uh, Thomas Morton wrote the play Speed the Plow in uh-huh. 1798. Sure. And it was very popular at the turn of the 19th century. So um, in the play, there's an offstage character called Mrs. Grundy, who was consistently referenced to as a very traditional and conservative woman. Um, and the characters in the play are very worried all the time about what Mrs. Grundy would think of that. Right. I'm Mrs. Grundy. Makes me think of Solomon Grundy. A little bit. From uh, Superman. So, or Batman. What's Sol- It doesn't matter. He's from DC. So over time, this became a kind of shorthand, right? When someone was acting out, right? You would, you know, make them respectable and and remember their, their purity by saying, what would Mrs. Grundy think? Oh, so it's, it was basically... No joke, what would Jesus do? A little bit. Yeah. Hey, everybody, remember that time period when everybody had WWJD bracelets? Oh, Boise. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, because I think that that Grundy concept hits on that facade thing we were talking about. Absolutely. As it was more like if somebody was observing this, right? Because Mm -hmm. I don't get me wrong, I guarantee there were people during this time who were like, I believe this myself, and this is like an ideal I want to live up to. But I'm willing to put money on it that the majority of people were like, I just don't want other people to think I'm like these, like whoever the quote unquote bad people are. Right. Right. So it wasn't about a personal, because this is the thing, right? If you have a personal desire to not engage in sex, I think that's personally perfectly fine, right? There are plenty of asexual people out there who are like, I'm not interested in this. Perfectly fine. Yeah. It's when there's that pressure of, I mean, I want to, but I would hate for anyone to know. Once you start driving things into the dark like that, like that's where I think it gets bad in so many ways, right? Exactly. Where the more you can openly discuss it and treat things like, let's, I mean, actual adults who mm-hmm. aren't afraid of that kind of thing. And it's like, let's discuss it in a way that we can make sure it's, you know, safe and make sure that everybody is consensual and taken care of. Like, yeah. that's better. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, how is that not better in people's mind? I don't understand how it's not better. It is better. Thank you. Now, can I get down off the soapbox? It's too <laughs> high and I'm scared. I mean, you could. What? But you I have one on more to show you. Oh, Boise. Um, so one Somebody, of the by the key... way, recently asked oh, me if what? I say, oh, Boise, because it's a reference to Boise, Idaho. No, it's because the word Boise has boy in it, and oh, Boise is a funny way to say, oh, boy. Go okay. on. Okay. This one shouldn't be funny, but, I mean, it is. One of the key tenets of a woman's sexual education was how to avoid knocking boots with her husband. And there was a method that was encouraged, bullying. What? Even within the context of their own marriage, women were often told to be as frigid as possible. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, so nagging, criticizing, and verbally cutting down their husbands was a way to keep them proper. <sighs> okay, obviously. And we, and we see this trope in uh, in Victorian novels and, and things like that, right? Well, but this is the other thing, too, speaking of that trope and that concept. Another thing that is underlying in all of this mm-hmm. is very much a, a concept of, like, listen, he can't help himself, right? Like, once he sees... Like, under your top layer, those 18 layers of undergarments, he's going to go, you know, wild. So you have to be the pure one. You have to be the moral one. It's your responsibility to express shame and stuff. Because for him, it's natural. And for you, like, the natural thing is to say no to it. Right. That's that's the ideal. And and. That's so wild to me. I mean, now, but I mean, it still exists now, right? Purity culture is still all about like boys will be boys. So it's your responsibility to say no. It's your responsibility to do this. Mm-hmm. Your responsibility to get birth control. Your response, and it's just such horse apples. This is the same um, trope that we see in the. I have a headache. Yeah, excuse, right. Right, because headaches are not really measurable and they're kind of fleeting. And Well, and then once again, it also what this then creates, like we mentioned earlier, is if a husband had an affair, there was a lot of like, well, yeah, what are you going to do, man? Like, ugh, yeah, bummer. But once again, the husband owned everything. Most women didn't have jobs. Most women didn't have their own income, right? So it was a lot of like, yeah, that happens. And if a woman had an affair, it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, she's like of the devil, right? Like that idea of she should be able to control herself. And, but but once again, the fact of the matter is, is people... Like plenty of married couples had sex on a regular basis and it was fine. Yep. Right? And including Queen Victoria. And just nobody talked about it because nobody wanted to be it was I bet that kind of thing that like if enough people talked about it, everybody were like, So we're all doing it? Oh. But you weren't allowed to talk about it. Right. So if you talked about it, then you were you were no longer, you know, a pure pure example. Yeah. Right. And we talked about out of society. We touched on this a little bit, uh, during our past four episodes, but this idea of you mentioned they didn't want to have any laws about it on the books, right? This is the problem with like history is even as recently as, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, there's stuff that it's like, well, I thought it was like this and this and this. like, yeah, because that's all they let be published. That's all they let be written down. That's all they put in laws and books and stuff. But that's not all that happened. Like, right. that's just the thing that they let be published. Because you know that if we're talking about this stuff of, like, there's a contraption to wake you up if you get an erection, you know they're also not writing down. But anyways, people are still doing, like... Yeah. Um, I just like so, the idea of, like, back in that day, it's like, I don't want things delivered in a discreet package. I want it to very clearly say on the box, jug em penis, so everyone knows how pure I am. Yes. Um, Can it be in big bubble letters, please? <laughs> puffy paints. I'm trying to think the equivalent of puffy paints. Victorian. Probably something lead based. Probably. Let's say that you're doing everything right outwardly. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Right. And you're two consenting adults and you uh, have figured out that as long as we keep this on the DL, we can have. We'll close 18 curtains to our married room. We can have fun. There still are some very interesting ideas. Of sexual education and contraception. Oh, I was hoping to get to this because I bet I just saw a thing today 
before uh this is from qi quite interested in the show right but they have mm-hmm. a great twitter account that just like tweets out random facts uh before there was like condoms japanese men used tortoise shell like sheaths basically isn't that interesting interesting yeah. I, I mean can't have been fun for i don't know maybe anyone present maybe it was i don't know i don't know okay maybe it was fun um so the french physiologist eugene becklar uh-huh claimed that <laughs> one contraceptive measure would be if a woman dances around the room right after having sex hmm. or rides a horse the next day, she hmm. can't get pregnant because he's going to, like, jiggle it out. Okay, sure, sure. No. That's not the way, no, the way this hey, works. No, hey, no. No, 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 no. Though I do think it would be, in many ways, funny to be like, hey, hey, excellent lovemaking. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to dance around the room a while. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, okay um, is it okay if I leave? Yeah, no, I'll just, it's fine. Do you want me to play music? No. Some of some of his other insights include um, if you procreated on the stairs, your baby would be born with a crooked back. Huh. Well, if you procreate on the stairs and you're not careful, there's a good chance you're going to get injured, but I don't know about the baby. Um, also... If you weren't truly invested or present in the sexual encounter, right? So here is, like, the idea of, like, intention, making the baby, right? We are doing this just to procreate. This is not fun at all, but I'm very intent on making a child. Uh-huh. If you weren't like that, if you're just boning for fun. Yeah. Then uh, your baby would be ugly and spiritless. Okay. All right, Dr. Beckler. All right. Um, you and, spiteful man. Uh, also, there was the, the general idea that uh, the child's gender would match whoever had the best orgasm during sex. <laughs> so probably the boys, right? Just boys. <laughs> yeah. Because for... Uh, it heaven, didn't sound like there was a lot of focus. Heaven on... forbid the woman have any fun. Anyway, uh-huh. so this is just the tip of the iceberg, yeah. really. <laughs> now we definitely have to put an explicit. Now we are going to. We anyways. were going to, anyways. Um, so, uh, if you listeners enjoyed this episode and love learning about all these old juicy tidbits, I also bet submit this your is... topics or you know your own insights. Yeah, so email those to us, gmail.com. Uh, thank you to Alex, our researcher, um, without whom we could not make this show. Thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we could not make this show. Thank you to you for listening. We can make the show without you. Why? 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 Thank you to Teresa, uh, my beautiful wife, who I've never touched <laughs> in our entire relationship. Um, we sleep in separate cities. Um, uh, no, thank you. You're wonderful, and I have so much fun recording the show with you. I love you, too. Do you want to say how fun it is recording the show with me? Oh, or? I mean, it's a gas. All right. Sorry, my eyes itchy. Uh-huh. That's, uh, isn't that a woman for you? A <laughs> wife. Oh, my eyes itchy. I have a headache. Um, <laughs> thank you to Maximum Fun, our podcast home. Check out all the other great shows there. If you're interested in this topic, I guarantee there's some episodes of Sawbones that you would absolutely love. Uh, Sawbones is hosted by uh, my older brother, Justin, and my sister-in-law, Sydney. Um, now that I'm done rubbing my eye, I think that you that the listeners can tell that I, you crack me up constantly. Sure. Or you're a really great actor. It's one of those two. I mean both. Okay. 
Mm, I see. Oh, if you want to check out, thank you. If you want to check out all the other amazing uh, McRoy shows and McRoy projects, you can go to McRoy.family. We have some tours coming up pretty soon here. We're going to be in Salt Lake City and Portland and San Diego. Um, so get your tickets for that at bit.ly forward slash McRoy tours. Um, let's see. While I look up the other things, Teresa, who am I forgetting? We always thank Brent, Brentoflas Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast. And that's where we get uh, listener-submitted questions for our topics. Um, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Thank you to Alex, of course. Uh, submit your topic to alex at schmannerscast at gmail.com um, also your idioms we're collecting up more idioms collect Always. collect collect to make another one um, yeah uh, we've got new merch over at the McRoy merch store designed by Dana Wagner we've got the approach the wizard t-shirt which has a very like uh, like if you ever saw the animated Hobbit like that oh, yeah. it has that style thing it's absolutely adorable um, Dana Wags on Twitter uh, 10% of all merch proceeds this month will go to the Trans Youth Equality Foundation, which advocates for transgender, gender nonconforming, and intersex youth ages 2 through 18. Uh, once again, that's at macroymerch.com. Uh, that tour, as I mentioned, get those tickets at bit.ly slash tours. It's only two weeks away. The shows, I think, are like July 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, something like that. Uh, the Portland show is sold out. The San Diego My Brother, My Brother and Me sold out. Uh, so you can still get tickets for Salt Lake City. Uh, my brother, my brother, and me, and there's limited tickets left for the San Diego Adventure Zone. Uh, then we've got stops coming up in Washington, D.C., Detroit, and Cincinnati. Mask and proof of full vaccination or negative COVID test within 72 hours of event start is required. Uh, you are great, and you should have a great day. And that's going <laughs> to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.